Welcome to Why Are You Awake, a podcast where we interview people who are night owls, people up late at night. This week, we have comedian Calvin Evans, one of my favorites. You will enjoy it. If you don't know who he is already, go over, subscribe, like everything, follow him on Instagram, everything. Follow me as well. If you're listening to this podcast, go over to the YouTube channel at Paul F. Comedy and subscribe and watch us live as well. Also, don't forget to check out our sponsors. See where my upcoming shows are at paulfcomedy.com. Hey, gang. As some of you know, I used to be a practicing lawyer in Chicago. I no longer practice, but from time to time, I need a lawyer. And when I need a lawyer, I call my friend Scott Shapiro. Scott Shapiro has been practicing law for over 25 years in Chicago. He does it all, from workers' compensation to personal injury, employment issues, and even entertainment law and contract needs. If you need a lawyer, call my friend Scott, 312-648-8800. That's 312-648-8800. Or you can email him at scott at scottshapirolegal.com. Tell him I sent you. You're welcome. Welcome to another edition of Why Are You Awake? My name is Paul Farver. I'm your host. If you're listening to this podcast, you can also go and watch it on my YouTube channel, which is uh, youtube.com backslash Paul F. Comedy. Watch it. See how good looking we are. And uh, just do it. You've been listening to podcasts for years. Now the new thing is video. So don't be a fucking dick. Speaking of not being a dick... You like that transaction there? <laughs> Transition there. We have one of uh, my favorite people, favorite comedians, fellow U of I grad, Calvin Evans. Hey, hey, man, we we, we just missed each other. <laughs> Never gets old, man. We just missed each other. Never U gets I, old. Man. Yeah, you went just. I graduated just like a couple minutes before you got there. Yeah, man, like seven, like seven <laughs> minutes. If minutes were years. Calvin Evans, you are a legend. In the Chicagoland area and a beyond. Le- Hold on, let me look at a legend. A legend. Allegedly a legend. Am I? I, I never saw that. I know I that. I think so. I think you're like one of the most liked comics, uh, most consistent. Oh, man. I appreciate um, that. I remember uh, I did a show with you once, and I had to get to another show, and uh, there was a, another comedian was like, oh, I don't want They put the comedian after you mm-hmm. and they go, I don't want to follow Calvin. I'm like, I could follow Calvin. And I went, <laughs> she goes, I'll follow you. I'm like, motherfucker. <laughs> and I, I didn't remember that show. I, I did all my closers back to back just to be like, you don't fucking oh, man. ever say that shit to me. So you again. did, you told like two jokes and got out of there. <laughs> <laughs> I just did all the like hits. Yeah. You've done that to me before too. I'm like, motherfucker. I think there was a show we did. And then you just did all, you did like three of your closers. I know you say all your shit's closers, but I was like, why, why are you doing that, man? Hey, sometimes you just gotta have, you gotta make yourself feel good. Like it's nothing, <laughs> you know, when you, when you killing in a crowd and it's like, it's a good audience, you're like, I want to get them a good show. Yeah. And I know that sometimes, sometimes it's just old jokes and you're like, man, let me, let me give them some of this old stuff yeah. just so it can. But you don't need to do that. You have so many, I mean, there's sometimes I've seen you do shows where, you're just already murdering, and then you go to the you go to like the Ray Charles bit or something. I'm like, why? Why? You didn't need to do that. There's still three of us after you. I gotta get out of here. I, gotta, <laughs> I don't know what to leave on. <laughs> do you remember when I used to do the? I was like, I uh, uh, I don't, I don't know. When I walk off, I do the yeah, walk yeah, off. Yeah. I, was I like, like that. It's just like, man, you know. Uh, sometimes comics like to leave on a big laugh. You know, that's hard for me to do because all my jokes good. Yeah. Decisions, decisions. So I'm going to say this and I'm going to get out of here and I just walk off. Yeah. I like that closer. I I think I've seen people try to imitate that concept, but you're the first one that did it. Oh, man. I appreciate it, man. Bring that back. That's easier to follow. (laughs) Moving forward. A walk off. Just a walk off. How long have you been doing comedy now, Calvin? 13 years in Chicago. Fuck that. Yeah, I'm 13 years. You were doing it before I started. No, no. Are you starting from the first time you did comedy? No, no, no. First time I did comedy was 2006 in college. Okay. So I can't really, I don't count that time because I didn't know what I was doing. I was just getting on stage talking shit. Oh, I didn't know we didn't count times when we weren't good. So I've been only doing comedy for three years. <laughs> <laughs> Is that how it works now, motherfuckers? No, no. So I, I, I count when I, <coughs> I I made a conscious effort to be like, I'm going to be a comedian. So 2010 is when I came okay. to Chicago. Fair. Yeah. And uh, what was your, so you, you were doing it in college, you were just fucking around at open mics or what were you doing? I was hosting shows. So I, I would host anything like in college. Yeah. So it was like. I knew how, like, I can make people laugh just talking about things that I see and, and it happen, but I didn't have, like, oh, Calvin, like, uh, do do 10 minutes. I didn't have 10 minutes of, like, jokes. 
Right. So it was like, I wouldn't call it comedy. You're I was just going, hosting. Yeah, I was like hosting. That's how I started too. But I counted that time. But I guess I'm just going to stop counting that. I've only been doing comedy for three years. So. All right, good. Yeah, three years. <laughs> that sounds a lot better. Because <laughs> you were doing comedy when I started. Well, I started in 2011. And you were already like established. No. Yeah, you were already. Oh, 2011. Okay, so like a year. So like, year I, I have been around, yeah. You were already, uh, you were a regular at uh, at Laugh Factory. Laugh Factory, no? Laugh Factory wasn't around in 2011. 2011? It was only, it was only Zanies and, and Jokes and Notes. Uh, Laugh Factory was like 2012, 2013, somewhere now. Yeah, maybe 2012. Maybe like late late 2011, but I, it took me a while to get into Laugh Factory. Really? Mm-hmm. When'd you get past there? Who was hosting the open mic when you uh, when you did it? Was it Pat Tomasulo? <sighs> no, I don't I don't even remember because like they only had like a, like it was like a ten comics that they like regularly that they would just rotate right. And then I, I uh, try I, I did a show up there for my birthday in 2012. Uh, that didn't go well. And then I was like, I'm not coming back to this place. How, how did it not go well? Tell me why. It was just like, uh, the, I think the manager at the time, they was like, you have to sell a certain amount of tickets. Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember and it was that. like, you have, it, like, you got to be like 70%, you know, full. And I feel like it was like a lot of people came. It was my birthday show. And they just like, I had cake. And it was just like, yeah, they can't eat the cake. I'm like, what are you talking about? These like, <laughs> these like my friends and family. Like I told them after the show, they can come eat cake in the green. They was like, no, we can't because they get sick. Then it's on us. What? And it was it, I, I was just so pissed off. I was like, "Fuck this place!" Yeah. And then, um, but uh, your show did your performance one. Yeah, now. yeah, the okay. show one good. I was but like, I, I don't think I've ever I seen just, you not have a good. performance. I just had a bad experience, and then Fair. and then that manager left, and then you know after that they was like, "Hey man, we, we gotta get you in here." And then that's when I stopped. Working. So you never did the open mic process? No, because the open mic process used to be, or it's well, not even, now there's no process, but you'd have to you'd have to audition for. Um, for, for Jamie Masada, mm. and uh, and I remember Pat Tomasu was a host, and then I I bombed the first two times, and I got better, and then I that eventually made me I I had to host the open mic for two years because I said I wanted to be a host, and Jamie Masada was like, okay, you're gonna host it every Wednesday, and to me I was like, this is awesome, but mm. after like two weeks I'm like, this is fucking horrible. <laughs> it's like twenty you, comments. Like ho- hosting is cool when it's your show. Yeah, and you can you can you can front load and back load your 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 like comedy like you can tell jokes like I'm I can play around, but just hosting that's the worst job in the world. Sometimes well, they, they let me. the The good thing about it was for me, I didn't have that many jokes, and I, I would try shit out like riffing, mm-hmm. and a lot of comics weren't good. And I, and uh, I wasn't really mean when they bombed, but I was like kind of mean if they were really bad. <laughs> um, but um, I I would write like I'd have something. So if someone talked about dating, I'm like, oh, I'll do it right here. Mm-hmm. So it looks like I just came up with it, and then I looked like I was crushing. <laughs> but um, yeah, it was a, it was a long night, but I, I, I it was the best experience for me in the end because I became a good host. That's what I wanted to do when I started comedy. Yeah. But then, um, yeah, I just remember when I was hosting it, when Jamie would Jamie and I would come to town, and the last five or six comics would have to audition, and he, they would be so nervous. So what what did what was the notes he gave you when you? First time he told me um, to write, I needed to write better. I needed to be a better writer. Second time he was so like, he just, 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 just some weird jokes. shit. He didn't tell me anything weird. Like some people he says weird shit too. Obviously, you know the stories yeah. of like the people. But um, yeah, he was just like, he was telling me to lean into certain things. The dating thing, he was really, he was the one that started my singles only podcast. He was like, this is interesting because you, you know, you're you have a different perspective on it than most people. I'm like, not really. He's like, okay, whatever. Yeah. But um, yeah, he he didn't really give me any good advice other than to be be more clean. He didn't give you any good advice. No, he gave me great advice, <laughs> no, but it wasn't anything that was like funny and like that I can use in as a as a joke to be like, yeah, he told me I should wear a you know a leprechaun hat or some oh, shit okay, like I that. Okay, I got you. I got you. But it, was, it was sound advice. It was sound advice for the most part. Yeah. Some of the stuff he gave me was really good. And I mean, he helped me a lot. He was a big mentor to me. Starting oh, that's out. cool. Um, but yeah, I was, I was wondering if you, cause I don't remember when I was hosting that you had already been, you were already regular. So I think okay. it was 2013. Yeah. Somewhere in there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that was good. You didn't have to go through that process. See, you skipped the line. No, I didn't. I don't think I skipped the line. I think I, I said, fuck the line. <laughs> Let and, me eat my and, cake. And I think, I think I, I, uh, I, I gotta, I gotta give him credit. Cause I think Aaron Foster, 
Not I think I know Aaron Foster. Aaron Foster was like, man, I, I think it was like an exchange about you know y'all don't have nobody in here. Like y'all don't like Calvin. Yeah, he, he you know he funny. Y'all should have him in here. And I think he kind of like like put a light like, hey man, Calvin should be here. And they was like, oh yeah, I guess you're right. Oh wow. That's good. So Aaron Foster just looked out. Were you doing other shows at that time too when you started when you started by your terms? Your uh, date, 20, 2010? 2010. Jokes could, and Notes and Zanies? Yeah, so I was like, so I came back to Chicago. Came back from where? Uh, I was living in Champaign oh, okay. after college, graduated, worked a little bit, and then I came back to Chicago for stand up. And no, that November, I ended the contest, Chicago's Next to Be Comic on WGN. I win the contest. The win, the the winner got uh, a feature spot at Zanies, so I got a feature spot that February for a weekend or just one show. Uh, I think it was a weekend. Okay. I think it was like a Friday Saturday. Who'd show you work with? Like Do you remember? Um, uh, I want to say Rich Rich Scheidner. Oh yeah, okay. It's Rich Scheidner, and uh, it's funny because I got the I won, but another contestant we co-featured that weekend. And I was like, this supposed to be, I was so pissed off. I was like, cause we both got to do 12 minutes, which probably was for the best because you didn't I, have, I didn't have 25 fucking, minutes, like a solid 25 yeah, minutes. Yeah. So like, just like good clean material. So it worked out. And then, um, shortly thereafter, um, you know, Bert would just like hit me up like, Hey, uh, can you host? Can you feature? And then by like 2014, 15, I was like house MC. Oh, you got the month. Yeah. Yeah. And that was, I think that was, I think that, that right there made me a better host because I, but it makes you a better comic. Yeah, because you get to go. You get. You go. I'm, I was making probably like six hundred dollars a week just being a house. Every show, team. yeah. It was like shit, like eleven shows a week. We was off Monday, right? You know, and then like you know the shows like like six shows on a weekend or something like that. So it was like six hundred dollars a week. So it was like the most money I was making in comedy. It was consistent, and I was meeting all these different headliners. So I like met Tiffany Haddish, Rich, Rich Scheidner, um Chris DeStefano. So it was like all these people that was coming through, and I get to like watch. And, and I just appreciated uh, Bird always being like, this is how you host a show. You know, you like make sure you, you know, interact with the crowd, make sure the birthday makes you. That's when it was like, you have to do the announcements. This week right. we got coming. So it was like real like uniform. And you just kind of learn to appreciate the position that you had as the host. Right. Whereas like now people just like, oh, I hate hosting. They get on stage and they go straight into material. But no, when you get on stage and you the host, it's just like, hey, all these people came to a show. Sometimes, sometimes it's their first show. Sometimes they want to yell stuff out. Hey, it's my birthday. Hey, it's my. Hey, let me acknowledge y'all. Everybody, chill out. Then we'll go right. And then we'll get into okay, where you from? We got everybody. Everybody know everybody. We cool. We can relax. And then I get to be funny for you know a few minutes, and then get the show rolling. So you just kind of facilitating the show. And I think a lot that's like a, just a lost art form. I, I do. I agree with you a hundred percent. And the reason why I wanted to be a host was I went and auditioned at Zany's for Burt. That was back in the day where you had to audition for him. Well, you, oh, yeah. can you, you bypass no, 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 all no. the... No, I did. I did Rising Star. Okay. Yeah, Rising Star is on Monday. You do that. Mm-hmm. Pat McGann was a host, and he was he was just fucking murdering. Oh, yeah. And I was like, that's what I want to do. That's all I want to do, because I didn't want to write material. I wanted to just riff and off the crowd and just do crowd work and then maybe do a couple jokes. That's what I wanted to do. And uh, that's what I said to Jamie when he asked me, what do you want to do? I'm like, I want to, I want to be a host. Mm-hmm. And then, um, yeah. And then I eventually, I, I got past at Zany's and they did the, the month of hosting was the best thing that they ever did. Mm-hmm. When you do that house MC for a month, what they would do is you host the whole thing for a month at uh, Zany's in Rosemont, Zany's in Old Town or Zany's in St. Charles. You were on every show except Monday mm-hmm. and you, after that month you were so solid as a comedian i just remember and i wish they brought it back we were just talking about that me and another comedian was like that was the way that they trained you and those skills came back into in handy when you become a headliner right because as a feature it's that's the easiest spot but then as a host you have to be able to be able to turn if things aren't going your way you got to be able to go into the crowd and Get the crowd back. Yeah, I remember. And, uh, I'm gonna cut you off. No, go ahead. That's it. I remember uh, one night. It was a it was a headliner, and between shows, like it was like he had like two. It was that's when they used to do the eleven o'clock Saturday show. It was like oh, a late yeah, show, the third show, and it was like fifteen people showed up. Sometimes they was drunk, sometimes they were sleepy, but it was like we doing the third show. It would, if as long as it's like ten or fifteen people that we right. doing the show, and it was always like the you have you having a great week. That last show on Saturday <laughs> was like what the f- I, I suck. You yeah. Know? And the headliner between uh, the 9.30 and 11.15 show got drunk. And I'm talking about the the future went up, bomb, headliner get up there. I'm host, and he just fucking tears into the crowd. 
he melts down. He he has a meltdown on the on the stage, wow. and he's like, "Yo, I'm never gonna I'm never gonna work this club again." Fuck, fuck. And he was like, he kind of said like some <laughs> some questionable shit to some audience member, and it was like, "Yo." And then I remember Bert just being like that. Just go up there and close the show out. Now the show had only been going maybe for like forty five minutes, so I had hosted the show. I had a pretty good host set. The people were cool, and then I went back on stage and did like another fifteen yeah. minutes, and then. And it was like I got the crowd back. And then at the end of the show, I was like, man, thank y'all for coming out, man. Give it up for Calvin Evans, Calvin Evans, and Calvin Evans. <laughs> and and like the crowd, like and I and I remember after that day, I, I went to Bert and I was like, man, like I, I want a headline. And I, he kind of like laughed, like, huh. And I was like, no, I'm, I'm serious. Right. Like, like you just saw me do 30 minutes of like material. Like I, I got Unpro- you weren't even ready to do it. Yeah. Right. And but I I think at that point it was just like I had been, you know, I was fine with like paying dues as a host sure. and, and when the opportunity came. And then he was like, all right, I'll let you know. And then like that was like toward the end of the year. Then the next year he gave me like my first like one night up. And then when I before I moved to LA, he gave me like seven, like seven yeah, shots in a row. Good. So it was like crazy. But again, I mean I, I can't thank Bert Haas enough, man. And I, I think he He's probably great. One of the, he did so much. One of the most underrated uh comedy club managers because nowadays you don't you don't know. You just go into the comedy club and you're like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I don't know what I'm supposed to be as yeah. like what do I do as a comedian and and Bert was one of those people who's like hey this is what you show up the early system worked yeah show up early um come prepared have a clean five minute set have a business card have an electronic press kit like just all this sh- he stuff taught it. yeah for rising stars when you'd audition you had to be there if the show is at if the show is at eight you'd, you were there at seven thirty I remember someone showed up at seven thirty two he's like you're not going up and it was a huge scene like he's like and then the guy was yelling fuck you fuck you to Bert. And that's like, sorry, and that's crazy because when you when you talk about at the time it was like no, but because as as comedians nobody says to you like oh you're a, you you have to be professional you have to be yeah. on time you have to respond to emails you have to show up and be like be not be inebriated right so for somebody to say this is the business of stand up show up on time yeah. do what you're like you know you you ever do a show on somebody like oh they want me to be clean I don't I don't know if I could be clean and then they get on stage like they said I got to be clean y'all want me to be clean it's like no they're Fuck not paying they right. paying you to do a clean do what you said yeah 25 but minutes they wanted it to be clean I asked the crowd it's like that's not how it works right. yeah I, I've had that a lot and that's the thing I came from a business background as being a, a lawyer as you can see back here yeah but yeah. so I had the skill sets and I, I manage bands so I understood the business but it was cool to hear him say that to people and he i remember he said you want to work here send me an email three lines hi i performed there on this date i'd Mm -hmm. like to come back here's my clip or whatever Mm -hmm. and that's it it was like three lines he taught you and i remember i I have my notes from the first time i did rising stars at zany's and and bert was like he gave me notes after i did it the first time i remember everything he said i was like this is awesome and i and i have that sheet and then like Two years later, I was I had a feature weekend for with Pat McGann of all like it was like it was like full full circle. I got Man, to go back. Pat, Pat McGann is one of those guys that I, I I watched also, and I was like, this motherfucker is so amazing, amazing. And sometimes Still. like after the show, I'd be like, did you just come up with that on the spot? Like because he the way he hosts is like it's sarcasm, it's funny, and it's like it's just quick. Yeah. Whereas like if anybody in the crowd even thought like I'm about to get him, it's just like oh shit, no way no. you can't you just can't yeah you can't get the best of him. He always like steps ahead. Yeah, no, I I think that that and that's the thing they they I remember my first time hosting at Zany's. He told me what to do. Like you said, he's like weaving in and out. I'm like, should I do? I didn't know. Like I didn't know what you're supposed to do. You know, crowd work up top and don't end on crowd work. Like he said, weave in. You could do that. And Cindy told me that too. I became such a good host. But then when you're a good host, it's almost a crutch too, right? Because mm-hmm. people always ask. Well, maybe you not so much because now you're a big time headliner and shit. But like. <laughs> I remember uh, Curtis at Laugh Factor would call me always. Anytime I saw the call, like right before a show, he's going to ask me, can you host instead? Yeah. That's the only downside. When you're a good host, they always ask you to host when there was an option. Did that happen a lot to you too? Uh, At the improv. Oh yeah, because the improv they get they get like national touring acts yeah. all the time, like big names. Bring it in their feature, and they bring in the feature, and they 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 ask me like, and at, at first it was like I just want to work the improv, and I did it probably for like five shows, like I mean, well five like right. host weekends, and then after a while, at that point, I started featuring. I was like, I want to feature, I want to feature, and it took so long that and it was, it got to a point where like headliners would be like, Hey, this dude is funny, you need to make him a feature. Yeah. You need to, I remember the, the manager asking me, this is the craziest shit in the world. I, it's like 2016. He like, hey, uh, yeah, man. He's like, do, do you feature anywhere? 
<laughs> and I was like, I was like, I feature everywhere in Chicago except here, yeah. And he was like, yeah, yeah, but have you do you have you featured for like six hundred people? I'm like, do you think my jokes stop being funny at two hundred? Right, like because most clubs like two fifty, one fifty. Right, like, right. Do you think at, some, at like the back of the room, just like I don't get this? This guy ain't. No, it doesn't work for me. Yeah. So I think so. I start so when they asked me to host, I would turn it down. Because yeah. it's not, I mean, because if you think about like driving to Schomburg for $50. Schomburg, Illinois is far, yeah. And you hitting the toll road with gas. I'm like, I'm leaving this week. I'm going to make $250. And, and let's say 100, 100 of right. it is going to be gas and in, in, in tolls. Well, not just that. You're not doing a lot of time either. And right. you're doing announcements. And, and hosting there is tough because they're still seating people sometimes and shit. I hate that shit. But I, um, I've had some really good host sets at the improv. Yeah. But it's also like, I hate the. Hey, when when you when you um gonna do when you gonna do like oh, yeah, comedy when you gonna, you're like you funny. you're funny when you gonna um when are you gonna, do when you gonna be a comedian yeah. like comedian what do you think I was doing up there <laughs> Yeah, I hate that shit too, but I, I think that yeah I, I agree with you 100 percent that uh, Bert they the zany system works and and there was a there was a it was a craziness to it and I read that new book now that they wrote about the crazy time in Chicago before our time with mm-hmm. uh, Mike Bridenstein and how this whole Lincoln Lodge movement, the alt comedy scene started because Burr was so strict about <laughs> all those comedians. So you said Burr Hart, started, he started a whole genre of comedy. A whole genre. And they, and they kind of make, they were all shitting on Zanies because they wouldn't book him. But in the end, they, the guy who wrote the book, Mike was like, it helped us because it made us better comics. Cause he was so, he wasn't booking a lot of those guys, but there's a fucking rhyme to that reason. Like it, it all made sense because mm-hmm. you hosted for the month, then you featured. By the time you you were a headliner, you were a, you were crushing as a headliner. Yeah. Especially when you go back to headline at those clubs mm-hmm. at Zanies and Rosemont. Like you know those rooms so well. You've done them at least a billion times. So that's crazy. But also from, from I remember the first my first rising star. No, no, I did. It was a. Rooftop Comedy did a comedy competition, and this they went, before my time. They yeah. went around the comedy. They went. It's two thousand eight. They went around the country. Two thousand eight. You weren't a comedian yet. Just so by your record, I was. In, I was in college. I know, but I'm I just. I, I was in by your by your standards. I was you're an not, aspiring you didn't start comedian. comedy, but somehow this rooftop place found. Go ahead. And they didn't find me, so they went around <laughs> the colleges and they did like a like an open cat like call like go on stage and like tell cattle a joke. Call. Yeah, right. Tell a joke, and then from that cattle call, they took ten comedians from the University of Illinois. Well, you know, ten aspiring comedians, and they took, t- they went to I State, did the same thing, and then they they put us on a bus, and we met in Chicago. We performed at Zanies, and then like the top two comics got voted on to go to like Aspen to the rooftop comedy like uh, mm-hmm. finals or whatever. And I remember seeing uh, Han- Dobie Maxwell was the host, and Hannibal was he closed out the show. This two thousand eight, I I never heard of Hannibal Burris in my life, mm-hmm. and I remember watching him, and I'm just like, oh, this guy kind of funny, maybe. Uh, a year later, I look him up, Tonight Show, Thirty yeah. Rock. Like I'm talking right. about this guy, he took off, and and then you see people like uh, like Michael Palasek. Uh, uh, it's, it, I mean, it's it's so many people that you look and you like, oh, they got late night sets, and I'm like, that's that was cultivated at Zanies because right. because you were told like, oh, this is how because when you do late night, it's you have to do a clean set, clean set. and these you know the time and all this stuff got to be down. Well, that's that's how all the clubs used to be. I'm, and when you would do Laugh Factory, when I was hosting it, the open mic, you had to be clean. Mm. And if you swore, they would they would play you off. Wow, that's how it worked. But now there's no rhyme or reason to it, and so like, and I book some shows sometimes. People hit me up, and I I'm like. I got to forget. I forgot sometimes. I'm like, wait, can you work? Can you work clean? And some people, they're like, you don't know if they can. Mm-hmm. But we had to be clean at Zany's. I just remember that. There were certain times you had to be squeaky clean. Like, hey, can you do 20 clean? You're like, yeah, I got 20 clean. And I feel like that, that outside of content, I feel like being clean is just a matter of what I feel like saying right now. Yeah. Do I want to say shit, fuck, damn, right. whatever. But the, this joke at his at, at the foundation of it is just a, it's still a funny joke regardless. That's a thing, and that's the thing that uh, Cindy actually taught me. She's like Cindy, uh, who now books at uh, Brad Garrett's at MGM. Mm-hmm. It's like the advice she gave me is like, "Paul, you're likable." <laughs> this is when I got past the thing she said. It's like you're so likable on stage, and you're you're, but you gotta you gotta be a better writer. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you're still passing me. Like, yeah, I just write better jokes. I'm like, okay, cool. And then she said, "Be cleaner. You're mm-hmm. gonna get a lot more work." And sure, shit. The next year, I was like, I stopped writing jokes that were like dirty, and mm. 
I got way more work. And then people are like, how'd you get that show? And, I, and I'm like, I've seen your set. You're not going to, it's not going to work. <laughs> it's not going to work in Naples. Like they'll be like, how'd you get, how'd you get off the hook comedy club? It's a club in Naples. I'm like, mm. you're, you're not, you don't want to work there. And they're like, just, I'm like, here's the contact. That's it. Don't say, don't, don't say my name. Like, yeah. cause I'm like, I know it's not going to work in that room. There's certain things that your jokes aren't going to work in Florida, but like you, you'll work everywhere because you're fucking, you're universally likable. And I, I mean, I and you, and you only started comedy in 2010, 2010. So it's amazing. And yeah. also, I mean, I, I think the the beauty in like Chicago comedy at the, at that time when I first came back was that Zany just was like, it was like TV comedy, right? And then jokes and notes was cable comedy. Oh, right. You know what I'm saying? So it's like like prime time versus like late night comedy. And being able to be in those two worlds, I kind of got to a place where I was like, I'm tired of telling one set of jokes over here, then another set of jokes over here. So let me be able to merge these two worlds. Right. And that, that like, jokes and notes taught me when I go on stage, like, how to be funny right away. As soon as I walk on stage, the first, first thing, thing. I'm, it's like, they laughing already. Yeah. It's not like no slow build. I had to be, you learn how to be funny fast. And then, you know, being at Zanies, it's like, oh, I got to write, like, good jokes. Because at Zanies, I realized, like, oh, they, they'll listen to me. They'll, they'll go on a ride with me. Right. So, but I, if in order for me to make this joke work at jokes and notes is it just got to be funnier along the way. Quicker. Yeah. Not quicker. Just, just funnier along the way. Just give me, give me some funny beats to keep me engaged. Every 20, 30 seconds. Yeah, right. I got you. Versus me just like, I just wait till we get to the end. It's going to be amazing. It's like, no, this it's going to be a funny I was, story. I was so scared to do jokes and notes. I remember there was one night we were all laugh factory and they're like, we're going over jokes. I think you were there. Mm -hmm. I was like, I'll go. And then I was like, I don't know. I'm not ready. <laughs> I was so intimidated by it. And Mary Ellen was like, just come by whenever you want. I'm like, I don't think so. Yeah, uh, I just couldn't handle it. I was so scared. It's just, I mean, it's just comedy. It's just I know, but um, now I don't give you, a fuck. You, I'm not, you, you die. You're not gonna die. Not, that you was know? that was ten years ago, buddy. I'm not afraid of anything. Now. I mean, you just. I mean, you really. You, three years ago, you started. Three years comedy. ago, just so, before I started comedy. Right. You was just doing research at that. Point. I was just. Yeah. I was. I wasn't serious because I hadn't made the decision. <laughs> what did you say? It was when you decide to be a comedian right. is when it counts. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. So I was a lawyer for till 20, 2016. Basically. Yeah. So I was. I'm. I'm five years in. It's crazy. I, that's bad math because that's seven years. That's definitely <laughs> sixteen. Listen, so you're are you you've been a comedian before you did comedy when you were in Champagne. Mm -hmm. What were you doing? Like, were you a night owl? Were you so were you stayed up late because you didn't you didn't drink in in college or high school, right? No, um, I just man, you just stay up. I, I, since I was a kid, like it, like I remember the first time I saw like two o'clock in the morning, like everybody was asleep. And I was just up watching TV, and I remember looking at the clock like this, two, two, like this don't even feel right. Like it don't right. feel right seeing two o'clock in the morning. But I just always like stayed up late. Was it when you were like my parents let me stay up late to watch like I just watch the monologue on the Tonight Show and stuff because I was like this is when I was in eighth grade. Mm -hmm. I remember going to bed at like ten forty five, which was late back then. But then when I got to uh, uh -oh. when I got to uh, college or. When I got to college, I wouldn't take classes unless they were like after eleven. Were you that bad? Because I like because no. I didn't. I knew I wouldn't wake up. That's one. That's I think one thing about me is like if I got to get up, I'll get up. Like even no if matter, you, no matter what time I go to sleep, you don't need sleep. I I need it, but I'll find it somewhere in the middle of the day. But if take I go to sleep late, I got to get up. So when you said you saw two in the morning, does that something that you saw, you started noticing more and more where you're up later when you were in college or what, what happened? No, in college I would, I would play basketball. Late so at nine, night? Nine, nine o'clock. And Wimpy or Impy? Yep, exactly. Yeah. Mostly, mostly Impy the first couple of years and they closed Impy yeah. and started doing construction. That's the Illinois, University of Illinois stuff. I might've seen you there sometime. Yeah. Yeah. I was playing late night basketball <laughs> back then. <laughs> yeah. But no, that's so I spent, I spent most of my time like in the gym. Just staying up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's that's healthy, but uh, when you were in college, were you were you waking up early then? If you for class or what was there a reason? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. No. I, I would. I mean, I would. Like I said, I would get up. Like when my alarm go off, it's get up and go do it. But and sometimes I remember uh, the game God of War came out on PlayStation. Yeah. And I would be up. I remember one time I saw the sun coming up, like the sun was like creeping up. I was like, oh shit. Like it's five, it's like five, yeah. six o'clock in the morning. I've been playing this shit all night. That shit. I, did, I was the same way with Madden with mm -hmm. me. I remember being in law school. I was like, fuck, it's light out. I'm, I've been playing Madden all night and it's such a time suck. But what about, uh, w were you doing anything productive during that time? Absolutely ever? not. No, <laughs> no. In college, when did no. that change? When uh, were you productive at night? Productive? 
Honestly, I don't think I'm productive at night. I'm I'm, I'm productive in the daytime. Okay. Only time I'm productive at night is if I'm working on something. Like that, editing clips or something like yeah, that? Okay. Then, then like my brain won't let me, it won't let me sleep. So I don't, I don't know if you remember uh, 2016, I did Sunny with a Chance of Funny. It was like an online, it was like, this shit was like so ahead of his time, but I was doing current event video clips. Okay. And, and I was doing them every single day. And that was an eight hour process. So I would go home, you know, after, after doing comedy. So let's say I get home at 10, then I find a story that I had looked at earlier that day to see if it was any more news. And then I would go down and record and I didn't I write down like topics and then I got to talk it out on camera. Fuck up. Talk it out. Fuck up. Keep talking. Yeah. I do that shit for about two hours. And then I, I do like a little sketch element where it's like a cutaway to like something that I said. And then after that, now I got to sit down and I got to edit it for however long it take to edit it and insert finding clips and stuff. And that was like an eight hour process overnight. So sometimes I'll be going to sleep at four. Then I wake up and post it at eight o'clock every morning, like five days a week. Wow. Where were you posting it on Facebook? And yeah. Stuff? So it was, it was Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Instagram was only doing 30 second clips. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. So I would post like a preview to get people to try to go to, to go to YouTube. When I say like right now, that, that shit would be killing if I was doing it right now. So that was the, the inspiration for the woman in podcast. Right. Um, it was like a stripped down version of that where it's like, I can get in and out. Did you, uh, so you said, um, you're not being productive after shows. Are you, you're not tired, right? You're still amped after shows usually or what? what how, well, most times I go home. So what do you do? Watch TV. Just, just watch TV or, or play uh, NBA 2K with, uh, yeah. with T-Murph. <laughs> or what about now you're playing music? What, when did that also, when does that play? When do you, when do you get a chance to do that shit? During the daytime. I, I typically don't play at night unless it's like something I just really want to like learn. Work on. If I'm, but during the daytime throughout the day, I'm like sitting at the piano just going through songs and seeing you know if it's something i heard like oh let me see if i can play that what do have you noticed anything about the fact that you are a night person like staying up late are there things that you miss out you feel like you miss out on because you're not a morning person oh no that's the thing i'm not not a morning person you still wake up yeah i still wake up like like what time do you wake up normally every day uh my alarm goes off at six fifty. Prior to up until that's last fucking week. crazy dude yeah my alarm will go my alarm goes off at six fifty. i used to Two like last month I would wake up and I would work out in the house. And now I'm my alarm's going off at five thirty and I'm going to the gym to work out because I, I can't do cardio in the house like that. Even if you go to bed at one in the morning? I gotta get up. That's insane, dude. That's not good for your body. It's not good. But I, I, if I come or home you from just the gym, nap? yeah, I t- I'll take a sleep. I, I, I go to sleep if I come home from the gym from like let's say like ten ten to twelve and then I'll be up. Okay. So it's like it's like a like a, a a lightning charging. Like as long as if I can fall asleep for two hours, that can give me like six hours. But when you're working out, obviously, I guess you don't really need to use your brain or anything. But like you're just you're just on autopilot. You're just getting the workout in. I feel like like most people like like at least me. Once I'm up, I'm up. Once once I decide that I'm gonna be up, I'm just gonna I'm up until I. You don't drink coffee or anything like that. That's no. fucking insane, dude. No, I don't get it. You there's nothing to get. What, do you take B12 pills? No B12. Nothing. No, I, I, I take up. like some a multi uh, a gummy multivitamin. That's yeah, about that's it. It's fine. <laughs> so if you're not being productive late at night, when let's say you go work out and then 10 to 12, you take a nap. Is that when you're writing, when you come back and you're like, your brain's back, you can write from 12 to five. What do you write, do? write what? Like write jokes, whatever. I do don't write jokes. <laughs> write jokes. I'm not even being funny. I don't, I don't write jokes. How do you, how do you work out your shit? I experience something and I and I, I I think about it intensely until I can say it on stage. And you don't write it out anywhere? No. Not even to text to yourself? No. The only thing I write down is like a topic just to be like, if I need to go back and ever like, oh, I need a joke. I need to remember all my jokes. I have like a list of, it'll sure. be like, it'll be like um, gas station. It'll be like cars. It'll just be like a, like the cue Cue you to know what you're going to talk right. about. Right. But I feel like, yeah, I, I can't, not that I can't, I can't write jokes but I think it, it's better, it's easier for me to remember things that I truly feel. Right. So if I'm talking about, like, I got squirrels in my roof recently. Like, that's something I experienced. And, like, right now I'm formulating in my mind, like, how can I re, how can I tell this account of squirrels being on my roof and trying to get rid of them in a way that's funny? And not like your aunt's joke. My aunt's. Killing all the ants. Oh yeah, Ronald Reagan. Yeah, <laughs> crack the crack epidemic. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Like that, that right there. Like 
that's not something that I sat and rat, wrote down. That's like, okay, I'm thinking about it. Like, so when you did it, you, you work it out on stage, right? Mm-hmm. Do you listen? Do you record it and listen to it, and then no. you just remember what parts clicked and what parts didn't? I gotta say, I just gotta keep saying it over and over. But what if it doesn't work? Well, it has to work. What, what do you mean it has to work? You've, but, you've, you've, you've you've definitely had concepts that you think are funny, and the crowd just didn't go on board with you. But I think I think that it's not that it's not funny. I either I didn't deliver it properly, or there's an element that's missing. But I've, so how do you how do you find out that element that's missing if you don't listen to? listen to it or remember how you say it do you understand what i'm saying <laughs> I'm, I'm never not thinking about it that's what i'm saying so i'm constantly in my head going through it and if i can make i feel like if i can make if i laugh at it then it's like okay well other people can laugh at it but then sometimes it's like nah, no nah, that's not funny and th- and sometimes i get on stage and i say this is not a joke this is just something that happened to me and then i, they I forgive you and then i gauge it but that's what i'm saying i gauge the audience i'm still going to deliver it as if it's a joke I'm giving you this preference so you know like hey this may not be finished or it's not a full thought right and then once I say it and people like if I can get a laugh out of it it's like all right well it's got it's got legs Mm -hmm. but those things that you dismiss that you're like ah that's not funny you probably are missing a lot of content that is probably funny to other people I have a very good memory no, I'm saying the stuff that you don't say on stage. And that's what I'm saying. You're saying what I don't say. So you're saying the things I don't say. At some point, and I've had this happen so many times where I get a new joke and I'll be like, oh, shit, I can just connect, this, from the- connect this to the back end or plug this in and it, it, it all makes sense. Hmm. That's fucked up. What's fucked up? That you don't write any of this shit down or, or, or listen to your sets to see like how to improve. <laughs> <laughs> And 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 I do feel like there's a there's a level like my I'm not saying it's not working for you it clearly is I just think it's a it's not a it's look I don't I'm not a traditional writer of jokes mm-hmm. I'll 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 write out an outline my process is I'll write out an outline I'll go try it out at an open mic or now a weekday show workout room mm-hmm. I'll listen to it and it's usually the stuff that I didn't think was funny gets a pop and I'm like oh okay so that should be the ending and then I'll work around it or whatever mm-hmm. but without listening to it i don't know i i can't i have a great fucking memory too look at i went to law school dude. i'm fucking <laughs> that's, that's smart the as second shit. reference that's the second reference i'll to get that. five in this one all all those whatever those, they look printed out i'm not gonna lie to you <laughs> it's the, the frame it makes it look official but it, all that shit look printed out no, on regular real, paper. that one at the top that that shit look like it's pretty it, look fake but that's is. real that's from ascap <laughs> that's from uh i won some award about uh it was uh, in law school about saying that the internet won't change music. I had to argue that the internet music or uh, what do you call it? Streaming's not gonna. It's not gonna change. People are gonna keep buying CDs. You fucking lied. I won an award. <laughs> <laughs> and that's that why was I said that, that, that shit looks fake. But that <laughs> that's that real. you were so wrong. If you I could, was wrong, but you, they they rewarded bad behavior. Oh, I was like, ah, oh, we're gonna. Adapt. I mean, at the end, I said. Worst case scenario, they'll go to streaming too. The music industry will, and they'll they'll charge, which is what they did. Yeah, I mean, I was I was wrong about the the rest of the stuff, yeah. but I won the fucking what, contest. What was the last CD you bought? <laughs> I haven't bought a CD. In well, like, you can't think of the last CD you bought. Whether I don't it was remember. Two thousand seven. Oh, earlier than that. I went to street. I went to i I went to iTunes pretty quickly. Okay. Two thousand. Yeah, maybe like two thousand four. Do you remember the last CD you bought? Shit. I remember like 2008, I went to Circuit City. It was closing. And, uh, Circuit City is closed I bought, too. I bought all the Music Soul Child CDs. You don't know who Music Soul Child is. I don't. And that's fine. But I, I, we've I, already cut, we've addressed this that we were, so you and I were trying to do a music, uh, what do you call it? A jam. We jam. Jam, jam yeah. at the end of the Zanies, your show, After Hours, which is an awesome show. Every Saturday left at uh, Zany's in Old Town. <laughs> and uh and uh I I went to play guitar and you were playing keys and we you you play these songs that are hits and I was like I don't, and I know a lot about music. Mm-hmm. I'm a I'm a musician, I manage bands, I, but uh I didn't know any of your shit and then you didn't know what I thought everybody knew. <laughs> it was such a fucking mind blow and then after the first time we met, I don't know if you remember, but you kept sending me stuff and there was someone that did a sketch about it, I guess. So you're like, You have a good memory, you probably remember it. Mm-hmm. Um and and there was someone that was it was talking about a song that everyone everyone in the black community knows and no white people knew. 
And it's funny. And it's funny because you like the same. You like, how do you not know that? I'm like, well, how do you not know this? <laughs> I know. But it was it was crazy to me mm-hmm. because it, it's such a it's such a divide. Like it was. In, I I just didn't think that there was something else. I, what was the song? It was more than words by Extreme. I'm like, how do you not know this song? What, what radio station did you listen to? In WXRT uh, 93.1. I still listen to it. Never in my life would I ever think that my station would go to 93.1. <laughs> if you don't have a one on anything, I'm not listening to it. Outside of maybe like B96, yes. But B96, I, I hated growing up. I, I It was so Eddie and Jobo on B96. Yeah, I hated Or you WGCI? That's all WGCI Power 92. What is it? What's uh, WGCI? 107.5. It wasn't even in my top six. You see what I'm saying? So it, it's just, you know. I know it's just funny. That's all. That's all. I we, just, we we meet we meet in the middle, like just pop pop culture. But it works. Yeah. I mean, the the show we did, we found stuff that people knew, and uh, yeah, it's it's just it's a, it's a mind. Cra- but what was it? What was the name of the CD you bought at Circuit City? Music Soul Child is the the name of the artist. Do you know that one, Justin? No, Justin grew up in Kansas. They they didn't even have. <laughs> they didn't even they didn't even allow that music there. <laughs> he said they didn't even ship. They ain't ship those type of CDs. <laughs> You're not like, in Kansas anymore, kid. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't allow it. They didn't allow it. They're like, wait, we don't want it. that's gonna scare our kids. It was, it's R and B. I I know what R and B is. No, that's what I'm saying. The artist, the music soul child is R and B. What was soul, the biggest hit? Um, he had a song, Best Friends, uh, Love, Don't Change. You you've heard you've heard one of these songs. Well, you told me I heard the one that you wanted us to do, and I was like, I never heard that song. And I I know every. I mean, I can name a song if it's before 2000. Not rap. I think I can name a song in like three, three or three or four, okay beats, but <laughs> w- not that song. Okay, that's it. Hey, hey, so know. back to back to your writing process, man. So like, what I'm saying is, while you're on stage, you're in the moment, right? You're obviously really good at that. What if something pops or you're like, you didn't expect that? Don't you struggle like? When you're trying, like you said, a joke's notes, you need to come up with something in 20 seconds, 30 seconds in to keep them interested. Mm-hmm. I feel like when you're not getting a laugh, at least for me, when I'm not getting a laugh, I've, I'll make a way to get a laugh. Even if it's like a cheat spot, I'm like, all right, this is going to be a placeholder. I know it's going to get a laugh. But like, if I didn't record that set, I wouldn't remember it. You just remember it. I got to, like, so like, if I'm, if I'm riffing, like if I'm riffing on like, on, um, like after hours Some stuff is just like This is funny right now I'm not going to say this again But the night that I did the um, I think it was at, uh, at uh, Rosemont for, for, um, for, uh, for Robbie's birthday Oh yeah That yeah. was my first time Telling that ant joke Oh really? I think I had I think I had Leah That was my first time Yeah telling that ant joke In that way And I think it got like An applause break That joke is I've, I've seen you do that joke A few times I think it's so funny Because people don't expect I mean the the misdirect is so great at the end, and it's so it's funny because they're um it makes them uncomfortable, but it's also fucking funny. But and you did you write that out? You knew that coming in? No, and that's what I'm saying. Like it, it's like it's and that's because it's a real experience. Like yeah. I can't like if I, if I got a job to like write jokes, I can sit down and be like, uh, and, and I can right. set up punchline jokes. But for me, in order for me to remember it, because with a with a, a contrived joke. You have to remember exactly how that joke went in order for it to work. Yeah. But if I'm telling you something that really happened to me, that's my opinion, that I experienced, that I feel, that I think is funny, then it's just like, oh, I, I'm going to remember that every single time. Yeah. What about when you were, when you were sketching stuff out? I see you do sketches every once in a while. Did you write out scripts on that shit? No. Like, and, and that's what I'm saying. Like, I have to, I see it in my head. Like, like even like with the PM, like you saw my book that I write stuff in. Yeah. But 80% of those songs, I just remember. I remember how to play those songs. Right. So I sit down and I practice the song and then... Well, that's different. I'm the same way with music. If I if I hear it once or like play it again, I'll remember the... Because you start learning the, the patterns of of music. It's right. all, it's, but I'm saying, I don't know... You And you saw the way I write music down. <laughs> you just like, this is wrong. <laughs> I'm just like, that's not, that's not a flat. That's a, you know, I'm like, well, that's how I write it down. Know, you know what I'm saying? That's funny. So it's like, I, I, have a, I have my understanding of it. So it's the your way own I, language, right? So the way I write it down. But if you told me to play a C major seven, I'd be like, I don't, I don't know what that is. And then you did it, and I was like, Oh yeah, I do know that. It's that's this. Your hands right, are like. Right, right. So it's like 
I have to I have to I just rely on my like my ability to remember things and commit it to my memory. What about when you're headlining a show? Let's say you got to do an hour. You do a lot of those shows. You just put a set list in your brain like you write it out. So you because I have I have a photographic memory for some extent. So like I'll write out a set like Mm -hmm. just words like you said and I'll just look at it and sometimes I'll bring it on stage. But what do you do? Do you you even do that or you just kind of go with the flow? I usually up. I, I usually front load my set my set with new material up top. Yeah. So everything that I'm excited about, and then once I get through all like everything new, then I'll just go, go back go back into like the, the regular stuff. Do you have certain jokes that you have to do before other jokes? I mean, obviously the callback shit, but like, like I like I can't do lawyer stuff up top because if I start saying I'm a lawyer, they've already checked out. Mm-hmm. Do you have stuff like that too, or they you want them to like you up top? I used I used to. I used to be like uh, I used to always start my set off with like uh, I was like the raggedy car bit, yeah. Because I felt like it was something that everybody can relate to. Like, have, oh, you anybody got a fucked up car? Oh right. yeah. And then you know, I go into you know riding a bus and all that stuff because it's just relatable. Everybody has relatable a car. stuff, yeah. Um, but now, but now I just really don't care. Like I don't. I, I'll start anywhere. But yeah, like but like you said. So when I when I do cruises here and there, I do have like set lists that I got to because I do uh, three different half hour sets. Four actually four different half hour sets, so I'll go through to make sure like oh man don't do that joke here because you're gonna do it t- tomorrow or right whatever, I'm gonna put that joke in this set so that's the only time I'll go through my sets yeah. to make sure that I got like thirty 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 when you do those shows on the cruises then or if you're on the road what are you doing after your shows when you're not home on a, on a, on a cruise or or on or, a cruise on a or cruise even on the road usually on a cruise I go to the um I go to the club and just just look at people. <laughs> I just people watch because now when I get on stage tomorrow, I could t- I could talk about everybody what that you I, saw, yeah. that I, what I saw. And you don't even write down what's happening to remind yourself. Oh, that that girl did that thing. No, no, no. no. I saw it. This is there. I saw. I know, it. but it's God. And then, I feel like stuff is gonna fall through the cracks as, as soon as you get a little older too. You're not gonna have that kind of memory. I know you're taking your mind of multivitamins. I'm taking, my, I'm taking my gummies, my multivitamin <laughs> gummies, and you know, I'm, I'm working out. You gotta start writing shit down in your phone or something, man. Well, we'll see. We'll see. I, I, I think. Um, I don't. Like, again, I don't. I don't want to jinx you, but I just feel like you're missing out on like anything. Sometimes happens to me. Like I'll write on in my notes in my phone, and then like three days later, sometimes I'll remember what I was talking about, or I'll wake up in the middle of the night, I'll write something down. Do you ever do that? Where you're like, I despise. I ain't gonna say I despise. I, the only thing I write down is music notes. Okay. What about after shows where you're on the road? What do you do? I go back back to the hotel. And what do you do? You just watch TV? Just watch TV. Do you bring your Switch with you or whatever to play? Actually, I don't have a Switch, but they got this new uh, PS5 portal that I want to get. You're going to take that on the road with you? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. God damn. You're just wasting time. That's where you could be writing. <laughs> what am I writing, Paul? What do, I'm, I don't I'm writing, know, man. What am I writing? I, I, I don't you, know. I don't to, know your you process. Have, you have to write it down. Not even write it down. It's just, I mean, I guess I don't. I don't like to write right after shows. I'm not that guy either. But I'm. I get a lot of shit done late at night. And but I'm very productive. I feel like I could stay up late or I could sleep in and and sleep till eleven because mm-hmm. I've done. I'll set up emails late at night to. You know, you on Gmail you can set it up to so they get up, they get sent at like ten in the morning. Kind of want to send like my avails at two in the morning when right. I'm in fucking Plano, Texas. I'll just do that, or I'll go work out too. Those are productive things, but I don't, I don't, I don't play video games anymore, man. It's a good time, man. <laughs> You're missing out. You don't play video games. I'm gonna tell you like like you say to me, you gotta write. I'm like, you gotta play video games. Well, I mean, I got that Pac-Man game. I bought that. And it's got Galaga. It's got like all these old, all all these old school '80s arcade games. Mm-hmm. But I I know that if I I was so addicted to Madden in law school, it, it affected my grades so bad that I was like, "Fuck this! I'm never gonna I'm never gonna you, get a look, Sega or whatever." Listen, you graduated and you're not using barely. You're not you you're not all this shit on your wall. Not using any of it. Now, fuck it. Get you a guy. Go get buy your PS Five. No, I'm so productive. I get so much shit done. <laughs> I, I I can't buy. I can't do what you do where I just by bypass the the rules and the passing systems <laughs> and uh change the times where I started comedy and just just shave off years I don't, hey, I don't have that luxury it, it only count when you when you mean it that's what you when you you ever been dating a girl and she was like we've been together for like Three five years. months like, she was like no like, I thought it started this two, two weeks ago remember when I, yeah. when I gave you a key and I was like if I ever get locked out you bring this key to me that's when we start this shit got serious good 
Good. I'm going to start changing the times when people ask me how long I've been doing comedy. I like that. The Calvin Evans method. Hey, man. You sound better when you're good faster, right? Yeah. That's what they say. Mm -hmm. That's what they say. You've only been doing it three years. Yeah, it's three years. I'm I'm still figuring it out. (laughs) Just trying to find my voice. That's a good move, man. I like it. I like it. 13 years. I I think by your calculations, it's three years in. I'm three years in. That's great. I mean, we're constantly growing, you know? We are. Constantly so, growing. So this is like a snake skin. Like this is the new skin. <laughs> it's only three years old. This new skin only three years old. That's true. That's true. I like I like where you're going with this. Good work. Calvin, where can people find out more about you? Thank you for doing the podcast. I man, really thanks appreciate for having it. me. This is, this has been fun, man. Yeah, uh, we could have keep going. I'm sorry, we t- I already took you longer than normal. Oh man, what time? I got to pay extra hours to now with my, our producer Justin. Shit! All right, it's pay, too late pay the for man. you. You got to get home. You got to get home and play your video. I got to. I got to play my games. Uh, you can find me. Uh, everything is Calvin Evans comedy. Uh, I'm mostly on Instagram, Calvin Evans comedy. Um, yeah, everything's Calvin Evans comedy. Uh, check out the one minute podcast. Um, on my Instagram page, um, and you got a new podcast coming out too, right? Yeah, right. yeah, we're working we'll, on it. We'll it's, 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 on, it's on the wraps right now. We we still working on it. Fair. Um, it's gonna be the biggest thing um, since uh, the Joe Rogan experience. Since uh, why are you awake podcast? <laughs> what uh, do you have a sign above yours too? You guys got a sign. You gotta get one of those. Oh shit! You didn't even see that. That's been at this whole goddamn time. <laughs> and you know what's fucked up? I've been looking at it through the reflection of uh, you your, thought uh, it was like your a useless hologram, and I was like, man. <laughs> I see it, but it wasn't registering that that was the fucking neon it's right, sign. It's right behind you. God damn, that's cool, man. Yeah, I know. Was that was that expensive to make? No. Fuck, I gotta get one of those. It's so cool. You can get say whatever you want. You can get Calvin Evans comedy. No, you know what? I, I want to get Calvin Evans comedy, and then you can put EST under it, like as established twenty eleven, and 20, you can just I'm, change I'm gonna, that I'm gonna date. Do, I'm gonna do twenty twenty three. Yeah, just say. It just change it every two years. I want to get one above my bed, and when I go in the room, I wanted to say, "You know why you here?" <laughs> like, but she just like turn what? the light she on. Like, yeah, I just, I just I, oh, we got a button. I want, I want the pool, like the little pool. Like, what's what are we doing? Come on, you know, come on. So it's fucking. And your room is like I've been in your house. It's like by the time you've gone up those stairs, he's been, he's been. No, my room is downstairs. Oh, That's okay. my guest room upstairs. Oh, okay, my bad. That's my but, guest but room. Still, they got to go through the room. It's a big house. Yeah. By the time they get to the bedroom, it's like. Come you on. know why you're here. Come on. Let's stop. It's fucking one o'clock in the morning. Stop. Yeah. Stop with the, you know. It's either this or I'm going to go call T Murph and play some, <laughs> play some video games. And then they get underneath it's a yes or no. Pool t- <laughs> we doing this? No. Uh, no. All right. Come on. Get your, get your shit and get out of here. This <laughs> ain't no goddamn B&B. Get out of here. Thank you, Calvin, for doing the podcast and, and for teaching us about your craft. Thank you, man. I appreciate you uh, talking to me about it. And thank you all for watching or listening to another episode of why are you awake